Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. Welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me is Kendra Maurer and Morgana. Tonight, we're going to talk about what it's like being an experiencer, or as some would call it, living in a haunted world. Kendra, let's start with you. When did you realize that you experienced things other people did not? I don't think it was ever an actual realization is it just was something that always happened to me. So there was no moment in time that it was an actual, I felt different. My family had uh, had some experiences as well. So anything that I experienced was kind of welcome there. As far as like beyond that, I don't think I really talked to anybody about it so much when I was a kid. Morgana, how about you? At a pretty young age, I realized that I was seeing weird things, um, but also, much like Kendra, my family had some experiences too. So it was pretty widely accepted that my grandmother's house, which was like built before the Civil War, was pretty haunted. And we all just sort of accepted that and would be like, oh yeah, I saw the ghost. Or remember that time you saw the ghost. So that, that was just kind of a known thing. And I don't know, pretty early on, I've just always seen odd things. In my case, I think the first time I realized I saw or experienced things other people didn't was when I was very, very small. I was about three years old. Um, I know this because they moved me out of mom and dad's bedroom around that time. And I, I slept in my own little tiny room. I'd have strange beings made that they were kind of white and blobby looking come oozing out of the walls and standing around my bed. They were sort of made out of white light, kind of a bluish white. And they were weird looking. They didn't look like aliens. Like, I mean, although back then, you know, the, the gray alien thing was not a thing. Nobody really saw those. They just, they had big noses and they were just, they'd just look at me and I really didn't like them. And I would scream for mom and dad. And when I did that, they'd just disappear. They'd sink into mist and then they'd be gone. And mom just said, oh, you're just having a nightmare. It's just a dream. Um, but the cat that slept with me, uh, the Siamese cat, she could see them too. And when I realized she could see them and she didn't much like them, it kind of twigged me that something was up. And, uh, after my mom kept telling me, no, those are, those are just a dream. That's just a dream. I just stopped really talking about stuff like that. Um, even though my family was strange in other ways and other people had experiences and talked about them when we'd sit around the kitchen table or on the front porch or whatever. Um, I, I didn't talk about what I experienced. I just listened to what everybody else did. Kendra, can you tell me like an early 
early childhood experience of the strangeness? Yeah, actually, the earliest one that I remember was right around when I was about two. I was, remember because I was uh, sitting in a high chair when it happened. Um, I saw I, I I saw a vision, and it took me a while to realize that I was in the driver's seat um, of just this very quick accident happening. And my siblings were babysitting me and I flipped out, um, started screaming, my mommy, my daddy, my siblings were all like, oh my God, what's happening? They distracted me by, you know, we we're playing flashlight tag. And I can remember the night, that night very clearly when my parents finally got home, they said, oh my God, you'll never believe what happened while we were out. My siblings were like, oh yeah, what happened? So they walked out, walked my us all over to the garage and they showed the car and the windshield had been shattered out. Um, a pebble or something had broken their windshield as they were driving and they just drove home. But my oldest sister, Christy, asked, you know, about what time did this happen? And they, my parents said, oh, it was like 10, 15 or whatever. And they, Christy had looked at the clock and it was the same time that I had started screaming. And I can distinctly remember everything that I saw in that. Um, that was probably the earliest, weirdest. Oh, yeah. That's that's intense. Yeah. That's really, that's really wild. What did your parents say when you, Christy told them? Do you remember? That part I don't remember. I remember them looking at me, and I remember... Somebody, I think my dad picked me up, but beyond that, I don't remember much. I think it was, you know, just the, that's weird kind of response. Yeah. So Morgana, can you tell our listeners something that happened early in childhood to you that was weird? I think the, the most striking early childhood one would be the giant glowing orange head. Ooh. Um, <laughs> which is just super bizarre. And I know that that happened, even though it happened when I was alone, because I was about seven or eight, um, and it was in the first house that we were living in that wasn't like an apartment building. Outside of my closet door at night, there would appear this like giant orange old man's head that was glowing, just his head. And it was about the size of, you know, those blow up beach balls? Yeah. It was about that size. Ooh. So it was it was way bigger than like a normal person's head. Ew. I always had trouble sleeping as a kid. So I would stay up reading by flashlights. This dude's head would just show up at a certain point that I want to say is around two in the morning. And it would start with just like there would be this ambient glow outside of the blanket that I was under with my flashlight. And I would be like, ugh. And I would flick my flashlight off and just to see if that was what was making the glow and there would still be the glow. And I'd be like, oh, crap. And the first time it happened, I looked up because I thought, you know, my dad had caught me reading, basically, and was about to be like, oh, bad. Um, and no, it was this creepy, very malevolent looking old man with wrinkly cheeks and wispy hair. He was mostly balding, but he had that wispy old man hair and he was just glaring at me 
with this intense malevolence. And the reason I'm pretty sure I wasn't dreaming is I remember having to sit up and grab my glasses. And once I put my glasses on, he came into focus. So I don't think I was dreaming because I don't think you can do that. In a dream. Yeah, that's a tell. And he would just glare at me. And eventually he would disappear. Um, he would suck into himself into like a tiny point of light and then the light would blink out. Man. Ooge into or out of the closet. He would just expand out of this little light dot and then collapse back into it. And this happened for like two weeks. And for the first couple of nights, I was absolutely terrified. And I would like see him and just be like, ah, and hide under the blankets until morning. And eventually I just started to get really frustrated because I was like, why is this old man picking on me? Like, I'm just trying to read the line, the witch in the wardrobe at like two in the morning, dude, like stop. And also I hide my peppermints in that closet and I would like to go get them. I started glaring back at him. <laughs> And I, I guess it stopped being fun after a couple of days of me just glaring daggers back at the creepy old man because he would start disappearing sooner because I, I had recently read um, A Wrinkle in Time. So I was like, you know, how they defeat that creepy central intelligence thing on that one planet, how they would like recite poetry. I just started doing that. I would angrily recite the times tables in my head while glaring at this thing. And then I guess he got bored because I never saw him again. And I just never told anybody. That's pretty cool. This is why literature is important. <laughs> or times tables. He's like, who's going to believe you? Both. <laughs> you know... I I do want to say something here for the listeners. I'm Morgana's mom, but uh, she lived with her dad at that point. And uh, if she had lived with me, it would have gone down way differently. Uh, we would have done the times table thing probably because uh, that's a great idea. And you should always let your kid lead in these kinds of things if you can. Um, but no, I, I would not be putting up with creepy giant orange head dude showing up in my kid's closet. That's not cool is not cool. And, and I would totally have not put up with that crap. Um, also, I just thought of something. Did he look like your grandfather? No, he didn't look like your father's father. He didn't look like anybody I knew. Wow. Cause the way you describe him, it sounded a little tiny bit like him. And I was like, Oh, Oh, no, he didn't have a beard. Uh... He was clean shaven and just wrinkly. And he looked like I had never seen that face in a movie or a show or a book or a comic book or a person. He was a completely unrecognizable, creepy old dude, but just his head and glowing orange. You know what it sounds like, though? It sounds like when you stopped being scared, he got bored. I hope so. <laughs> because I... Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like he, he was like, mm -mm, no, this isn't tasty anymore. I got to go. Too bad I can't stay. That's exactly how I got my kids to go to sleep when they were little. I would bore them to sleep. There you go. Works with ghosts, too. Or specters or whatever that was. I would read in a slow monotone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So let's see. Um, did... Other kids notice that you were different other than people in your family about, you know, in school, did you, did you out yourself at school? Kendra, you can start. 
I was weird for so many other reasons that were not even related to this. I was that odd tomboy that I, as far as I was concerned, I was a boy. And that pretty much took all of their focus. So as far as this was concerned, I was kind of left alone with my that particular flavor of weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Morgana? Um, at first, I really didn't talk about it very much. Um, because kind of like Aunt Kendra, uh, I was weird for so many other reasons. Like, I was just a strange, strange little child who did not fit in well. Um, so not really until middle school when I hit that edgy middle school age and I was like, I'm a witch. And I had met other kids who also saw weird shit because that happens a lot in West Virginia. Like everybody oh, yeah. has the family ghost story or I saw a UFO this one time or blah, blah. Um, so by, by the time I was in middle school, I had a couple of friends who also like routinely saw strange things. Um, and we would all talk about it together and it's like started learning to read tarot cards and like doing other stuff. And we were also goth at the time. So we accidentally reenacted a light version of the craft <laughs> in West Virginia in like the 2000s, the early 2000s. Yeah. Terrible plan. <laughs> yeah. Bad plan. Bad plan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other, other than that, no, we, I didn't really talk about it with other little kids until I was much older, like in, until middle school, really. And then there was a whole passel of us freaks and weirdos. So. Yeah. Yeah. In my case, it was, it was a middle school thing in West Virginia. So it, I was in middle school in the seventies, um, late seventies. And, uh, again, it was a bunch of us girls and we didn't call ourselves witches in the seventies. That wasn't quite so big of a deal that didn't really start getting big in West Virginia until the eighties. You know, West Virginia is slow adopting everything. So uh, the witchcraft craze that happened in the seventies uh, didn't happen until the eighties in West Virginia. And even then it was, it was, mixed up with, oh my God, you're Satanists. And so you had to go through all that nonsense. But, uh, you know, there were three, three, four of us, four of us, and we all had weird psychic phenomena happen. And uh, my best friend and I decided when it was time to do a science fair project, we decided to do um, psychic testing on our friends. So we didn't have Zener cards, so we couldn't do the star, the wavy line, the square, the circle, all the you know, triangle, all those things. We used regu a regular deck of cards and we just had the kids guess if it was red or black. And we kept copious notes. We were very, very careful about it and we made it into a game. We discovered that you got better results if you told them it was a game and we discovered that people would do really, really well at the beginning. And then if, as you kept repeating the test on the same kid, they'd get bored 
and then it would fall off. If you had somebody who believed in psychic phenomena, they did better. And the kids who didn't do well tended to disbelieve in psychic phenomena. But we also discovered that if somebody was really, really against it, like they thought it was some satanic trick, they would not do as well as chance. They would do less well than chance, which one could say is sort of a backwards version of psychic phenomena where you are so rejecting it, you, you go beyond chance. And, and we, you know, we wrote it all up. We made the, the, you know, cause you have to have the, the little placards that you set up on your table and we did all that. And we actually did really well. I, I think we came in fourth place. We didn't get a ribbon or anything, but you know, everybody was really fascinated. And, and when the, the judges came through, you know, they were, they were like, what's this? And then they read it and they were like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Well, that's really interesting. That why did you think of that? And we were like, we want to be parapsychologists and we want to go to Duke University to the to the to the JB Ryan um the department and, and we want to learn some parapsychology. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, you're weird kids. But that was that was the first time I really talked about that kind of stuff with other kids. And uh, I think it's a middle school thing. I think you I think little, little kids don't really talk about that stuff. Well, in sleepovers is when you start doing the whole one o'clock or what was it where you lift the person with your two fingers? Oh, stiff as a board, light as a feather. That one. Isn't that it? And then nobody would touch Bloody Mary. I mean, (laughs) that's just like, nobody wants to go there. (laughs) I still won't go there. Because no, no, Bloody if? Mary, Bloody Mary, we don't play with. Forget that. See, Bloody Mary was an elementary school thing for us. Um, Y'all were advanced, and we—I actually did Bloody Mary once because I—I I was at that point, giant orange headman had already happened, and I was like, I can deal with that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be popping up in mirrors. Uh, uh-uh, I'll break the mirror. What you gonna do? I think I got to two Bloody Marys and I was done. <laughs> Which was a sense of bravado that I occasionally had. <laughs> uh, I, I also decided I was just going to knock one of the other kids over and run. Um, <laughs> if I had to. <laughs> what is hers, man? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. she didn't come live with me until she was 15. And so the Bloody Mary thing was over by then. So we didn't have to deal with that. You know, I don't think we actually conjured anything. I'm trying I mean, to think. I, I think the, mo- the most we did was play with uh, tarot cards. When I was in high school, somebody got a hold of a Ouija board. Ah, uh, see, now here we go. We were messing with it, and it was <laughs> not really working with us. So my friend <laughs> Bill yelled at it, and then he's like, are the pretzels on the counter, or are, are they stale? And it went right to no. We ate the pretzels, and they were so stale. <laughs> so we're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you got an asshole and then Bill ghost. Yelled at it, which <laughs> that was the end of it. Ever even thinking it would be nice. <laughs> Monty oh, Python Lord, was playing in the background to give you yeah. a sense of setting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which movie? I knew until you asked me. And then later in life, someone wrote boob I in the dust it. in the TV, <laughs> and then we watched it. Not Life of Brian, the other one with the coconuts. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, um. Thank you. Um, sh- Holy, Holy Grail. Grail. I can quote that. I can Not quote that movie it. front to back, but I've never actually seen it front to back. So- <laughs> I've mostly seen it in pieces too. Um, All right. So you didn't really talk about it with your friends. Um, How about in your family? Who, who in your family, did you have people in your family who were like you at all? Or was it mostly, you know, just you and, and were there family stories that were told? For us, um, my family, I am nine years younger than the next oldest sibling. So my family had an entire life together before I came along. And they lived in Washington, D.C. area for a while. Well, my dad did work. Um, and they lived in a house that had a ghost. And I remember them telling the story. You'd hear blue jeans and sneakers go from the front door up the stairs to the to the master bedroom um they heard it everyone in the family had heard it at different times my aunt had heard it when she lived there for a brief time with a family one of the neighbors heard it and then after my family moved out they went back and visited i was tiny i vaguely remember this but over dinner one of my sisters asked the other family that was living there, have you met our ghost? And the little girl said, see daddy, I told you. So, Uh and my mom's from New Orleans. So there's no chance of not experiencing something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Morgana, what did you grow up hearing about? Um, well, you know, I, I got stories from you and from all the adoptive aunts and uncles. Um, and I also got stories from my step-grandfather, um, Uncle Wayne, who was called Uncle Wayne because he had a habit of, like, adopting children who were like not directly related to him, but he was like, okay, I am now going to be a positive role model and like loving part of your family. Yeah. Uh, Bless the man. Um, And my dad, my bio dad uh, actually has similar things. We, me and him have some similarities, Um, but he wouldn't talk about it very much aside from the ghost stories from his childhood home that you know was very haunted it was extremely haunted all of the time was it haunted it i it's just no there was a mirror at the end of the the upstairs hallway that 
it was like an invisible thing would push through the silvered glass and come down the hallway as just like this translucent silver goo that would chase you. Once I got to be about 12 years old and was reading H.P. Lovecraft, I was like, oh, it's a Shoggoth. And that was just, no. Uh, so <laughs> that was not fun. Um, that just every time I had to go up there until I was older and just basically learned to not be scared of it. Um, because, but until then, that thing would chase me, and if I could get down to the first landing where there was a stained glass window, it was like the light would stop it, and it couldn't go past that window. So if I could race down and get past the first landing, it couldn't get me. Um, so there were tons of ghost stories I remember about that, that house. Um, yeah, screw that mirror. Yes, Kendra. <laughs> screw that house. <laughs> That house was creepy. It was creepy. As you're talking, I, I realized that I left out like the biggest part of childhood. And I don't know if I brought it up in the first episode or not, but my dad died when I was little. That I know I brought up, but he didn't leave the house. And I kind of grew up with him in the house. And then my sister and my nephew, have, my sister lives there now. They have seen him since. So for us, it was always like, it was okay. When I was eight, it scared the bejesus out of me because there was something there that shouldn't have been, but it was always benevolent. You know, my, yeah, my, it was your dad. my nephew said, referred to my dad as the smiling man at the end of his bed. So for us, it's always been a positive thing. Aww. There, there were chill ghosts there too. Like there was just, um, Everyone in the family had seen the young man in one of the upstairs bedrooms who was just chill. He was just in there. Sometimes there was an older woman who was probably a servant on the servant stairs that had been seen that gave off no Uji vibes. It was just that mirror that was like, not okay. Yeah. And parts of the basement that I refused to go down into and did not learn until I was much older that because the house was built before the Civil War, they actually used the basement as a makeshift hospital. Mm. Which would explain why, as a child, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going down there. That's where death lives. <laughs> yeah, um... I remember that basement and no, I wouldn't go in it. I wouldn't go in it at all. It was, it was stone. Mm -hmm. It was native stone and then dirt floor in part of it. Part of it had a stone floor. Part of it was poured concrete and part of it, the, the oldest part was just packed earth with stone walls. At least it wasn't made of tombstones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's made of no. It, it it turned into a cave. Yes. Basically. Yes. That's cool on a, you know, kind of academic level. <laughs> creepy kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that house distinctly. Um, you know, in my family, you know, it, it was varied. On my dad's side of the family, uh, his mom was very, very psychic. Um, oh, my God, she was psychic. But she, she, you know, she dreamed that Secretariat was going to win the Triple Crown. And she was right. 
And we all were like, why didn't we bet money on that? You know, she's like, well, I did a little bit, but she didn't, you know, she didn't have enough money to put a serious amount on it. But the fact that she knew a bookie kind of made me a little bit surprised, but whatever, <laughs> you know, it was Graham. Um, but, uh, you know, she was, she was fairly psychic. Um, you know, my dad saw strange stuff when he was in the, in the Navy and he had weird things happen to him, but his younger sister, the youngest of all of them was the one that was the most like me. And she had all kinds of strange things happen. And we heard all about them. And, uh, you know, most of the people in the family believed her, but it was also kind of like, oh, she, you know, she's just different. Judy's different. It's, it's just, it's Judy. She, you know, things happen with her, you know, and one of the things I'll, I'll just give one example, but uh, she was at the Hermitage, which is um, Andrew Jackson's home down in Tennessee. And it's a museum, it's a plantation, it's a museum, and it has a beautiful uh, horse barn because of course he had a lot of horses and, and carriages and all that stuff. And she had several things happen when she toured the place, but she went to the barn and all of the people who had gone through the barn and the tour group had then come out and wandered you know, out towards the house. And she kind of stopped in the, in the entryway and was looking from the sunshine. She had her back to the sunshine outside and was looking into the darkness of the, the barn and thinking, you know, look at the woodwork on that, how beautiful it is. And look how big it is. Imagine how many horses it would have, you know? And she said, I, started to turn around to leave. And then behind me in the barn, I could hear the sound of people and horses and tack jingling. And so she very slowly kind of pivoted without taking a step forward or back and looked back in the barn. And there were grooms grooming horses and leading them to and from stalls and feeding them and cleaning out stalls and cleaning tack you know, the tack room was suddenly full of all of these saddles and harnesses and, and bridles and all of this stuff. And she just stood there. And for a second, she almost stepped into it. And then something stopped her. And she was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And she took a deep breath. And just as she was about to close her eyes and back up, back into the, the stable yard, back outside, one of the grooms looked up and saw her, she thinks, like his eyes kind of bugged out. He was a slave and, you know, he just kind of blinked and was like, there's a white lady wearing pants. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> it was like, that's not normal. <laughs> oh, my God. And she just. At that point, she just closed her eyes tight and stepped backwards and then turned around once she was outside and then looked back over her shoulder and it was just a, a barn again, you know, with no horses and no people. And and she was she was like, well, I was halfway distraught that I didn't get to seek. But, you know, I was afraid. 
you know, it's just as well I didn't do that. And so that was that was kind of sad. Yes, Morgana. See, I think I find it really interesting that she instinctually did not step forward. Yeah, because I read a lot of the missing four one one stuff, and I've been pixie led. Yep. And I think if she'd put her foot down, she'd have gotten stuck. And I just, there's, there's so many, you know, myths and stories like Orpheus, like don't look behind you while you're escaping from one realm of existence to another. Don't look back. Don't step backwards. There's all these rules. Don't step into a fairy ring. It's just, I don't know. I do too. I just think it's really interesting. And Aunt oh, Judy yeah. had she a lot did. of sense. I mean, can you imagine what would have happened? I mean, what would they have done with her? I, if she would have, she, well, first off, she would have been like, I'm free and all uh, y'all. She would have started some shit. <laughs> she would have been, a, she would have been working for the Underground Railroad. She would have been like, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 we're not having this. You all don't even understand what's about to come. Mm-mm, no, we're not. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh but yeah she she was she was the one who was closest to me in in the weirdness department and some of her weirdness is you know you we'll tell stories you know another time and and we can talk about the more strange things that she experienced but it always made me feel better hearing from her because i knew that i wasn't the only one that really weird things happened to have you ever had weird experiences with electricity or lightning? Sometimes experiencers have something happen with, with uh, lightning or, or electricity striking them at an early age. Not really. When it, there was one time when my husband and I were building our house. It was down in the garage. And I felt like a shock and a tingle. And all my hair stood on end and then it went away. But everybody kind of like slowly backed away from me. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're about to get hit. But I was inside. <laughs> um, and the other, other thing I've done, which probably affected my daughter was I was pregnant with her and we were wiring the addition and I grabbed live wire. <laughs> I didn't realize they were hot, but I grabbed them <laughs> and I'm like, that felt weird. And I grabbed them again. I'm like, Oh, that's electricity. I should stop. <laughs> it, that she, explains a lot. <laughs> it really, it really does. She, she's something else, man. <laughs> yeah, you're. She's one. See, I was thinking this whole time it was changeling, <laughs> but no, you just gave her superpowers. <laughs> yeah, or she is a changeling, and now she has superpowers. <laughs> Oh boy. She had a, did I tell you about the dream with our black cat? No. She was outside and my black cat named Munin came and perched on her shoulder and said, you're here because there needs to be more bloodshed. So she told you that. Yeah. She's eight. <laughs> it does. I love that. That does sound cousin. like some shit Odin would tell a, a cat to tell a kid, you know? I mean, right? Seriously. Right? I'm like, oh, what has happened? 
<laughs> what, what have I done? What have and they done? they are half Norwegian, so we certainly have the that pantheon behind us. Mm. <laughs> well, Morgana, I know that you had an ex a, a lightning experience when you were a kid, as did your dad. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I was about eleven ish, I want to say. And we were at a Chinese buffet during a really bad thunderstorm, like a terrible one. Um, and I'm getting up to get some more like wontons or whatever. Um, and I'm walking towards the buffet with my clean plate ready to go. And like lightning's getting really bad. And I got my like bowl of, pink sauce, which I could practically drink as a child, which was terrible probably for me because I'm pretty sure that stuff... Yeah, it's high fructose corn syrup and, and some acetic acid, and that's pretty much it. But it was so good. Yeah, so I, I had that, and I was waiting to get like the rest of my food, and lightning struck the flagpole that was about... I want to say 50 feet from the entrance to the restaurant. And then I was probably an extra 70 feet from the doors to the restaurant. Um, and it also made no sense that the lightning decided to strike that flagpole because there was a railroad bridge, like right half a block away from the restaurant that was much taller and had a whole lot more steel involved. Oh yeah. Um, and the shock actually traveled through the ground mm. because I saw lightning strike the flagpole and then I blacked out. And I came to, apparently what had happened was I jumped and then I, I blacked out before I jumped. And then I came to when my feet hit the ground and the bowl of plum sauce hit the ground and the plate hit the ground. And, oh, you know, a waiter came up to me and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, dude, I, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went to go sit down and my family was like, what the hell was that? And I'm like, I got shocked because I remember the feeling of being zapped. And they're like, no, you didn't. Why would you have gotten shocked? And I'm like, well, why would I just jump three feet in the air and throw plum <laughs> sauce everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, i love plum sauce <laughs> i don't waste that shit um, there was that <laughs> and i've also been dragged into an electric fence by a dog before but that was one of those chill horse electric fences that are like the woven nylon not the like straight gauged wire like cattle oh no fencing. i know exactly which fence so i was is. able to uh, yeah. that's the one i leaned at at heart level and and leaned on it and just sat there going, wow, that feels weird. Wow. You know, my friend Thorne is standing there staring at me with all of his EMT training going, what are you doing? That's electric. I went, oh, and stepped back and went, that's why I felt weird. And he was just shaking his head going, damn, I don't even know. Um, yeah. So I know exactly which fence that was. I, I'm well acquainted with it. I didn't know it was electric. And then he was like, well, maybe it's not on. And he, you know, sort of touched it. And, it, and he's like, oh, no, it's on. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. 
weirdo. I was the, I was the only one that day that did not touch that fence. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> you were for like, once. I'm too smart for that, you know. For once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I, I actually had near strikes with lightning twice. And one was when I was a little kid and it came down and swung around me and went back up into the sky without hitting anything. And my mom and I were walking home from the grocery store and she just basically grabbed me and, and the bags and just picked me up and ran. And uh, when she was telling dad about it, he's like, lightning doesn't do that. She says, well, it did. <laughs> it, it did. And he's like, nah, it doesn't do that, you know. And then the, the other time was I was 20 and I was walking down the street going home to my apartment and Morgana's father was standing on the porch watching and lightning came down and swung around me exactly like it did when I was a kid and went straight back up into the, into the clouds. And uh, he just hmm. was staring at me when I came back on the porch and I was like, what? And he was like, that's not normal. And I was like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> but there we are. It happened. Um, I'm electric. <laughs> yeah. I'm electro woman. I wish, but no. <laughs> what kind of uh, advice do you have for people who experience strange things? Because um, some people, I, I seem to have had a fairly decent run of it. I, I haven't had too many terrible things happen. How about you all? How how do you you know how do you deal with it? What's your advice? Stay calm as best you can. And if you need to leave, leave. If you're curious, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Get pictures if you can. If you if you remember um, it. <laughs> and always obey your instincts. If if your instincts say no, don't do it. Yeah. That's fair. There's a difference between fear and instincts. Fair. What about Morgana? I agree with keep calm. I also agree with fucking leg it. If if you're if the pit of your stomach sinks and it's not just normal, okay, this is a creepy situation. Like I have a high creepy th creepiness threshold. Okay, I do. I've seen little lights. I've seen UFOs. I've heard weird noises in the woods. I've seen ghosts. There's just wonkiness happens, mild poltergeist phenomena, got hit by lightning once. Like, honestly, there's sleep paralysis. Just if there is something that really scares you that isn't just like, okay, this is creepy feeling. If like you feel like something terrible is about to happen, just get the fuck out of there and come back later. Yeah. Yeah. With other people. Yeah. Like, there's no shame in that. Like, if if you're deeply creeped out, you know, sleep with the lights on. It's okay. You know, tell somebody about this. Like, a lot of the time you worry that your people are going to think you're totally crazy and, like, you're going to get judged or locked up in a psych ward or whatever. And, like, yes, there are people who will judge the crap out of you, but there is somebody who is a friend of yours or a family member of yours who you can tell, look, I'm not bullshitting you. This is going on. Or they're just waiting to tell their own story and waiting for somebody else to bring it up. Yeah, truth. Or you can always, you know, tell us. That too. Yeah, because, you know, we're here 
And there's lots of other podcasters out there who are willing to listen to you. Um, that's part of why we're doing this because, you know, it's scary to come out of the closet and say, Hey, I've seen multiple weird things. Cause you know, you're allowed to see one thing or experience one thing. Everybody has a story, right? Everybody's experienced something. So that's cool, right? You're allowed to see one UFO. After that, you're done. You, you, you don't see that again. Well, that's not really how it works. Um, you know, so that's part of why we're doing it, to help people understand that it's okay. It's okay if you feel or hear something that isn't quite noticeable to other people. Although all of us have experienced things that other people have been there with us when we experienced it. I know this because I've been with some of you when it's happened. <laughs> but it isn't just us. It's also people who normally don't experience things. Yeah. Who have been there yeah. to experience things with us. Um, Morgana, you want to talk about one of one of those times when you've, seen or felt something and there's somebody right next to you going oh yeah I see that too oh yeah sure um I think the person who has probably seen the most weirdness we've experienced the most weirdness together would be my best friend Brittany um we've known each other since we were about 11 years old um and we grew up together and we still hang out to this day which is good and um, I'm going to use my first, like, big UFO sighting because, you know, I'm biking home from work. Um, I was in my early 20s, and I'm biking home from work, and she says, as I just talked with her about this recently, which is, this is fresh in my mind, um, and she's home already, and she said she had, she heard me putting my bike on my porch. So she opened the door and came out. So be like, hey, you're home. Um, let's hang out. And I was just then getting, biking up the street. Oh. Instead of already being on the porch. And then she's like, the fuck? And she looks up. And there's three about moon-sized, glowing, gently glowing, white golden globes in the sky in a little arc like equidistant from each other in a in a faint arc just sort of drifting in the sky and she's like holy shit and she's just staring at them and then i i get to the porch and i i look at my best friend who's staring up at the sky with like wide eyes and her hands like out out like looking like when you look at something and you're like what is that and you like shake your hands up at the sky and she's doing that. And I'm like, what? And she just points and she goes, look. And I turn and I see them and I go, holy shit. <laughs> and I'm just standing there. I didn't even get off my bike. Yep. I'm just like straddling my bike, staring up. And we're just watching them in silence. And then they're, they're drifting. And as they're drifting along, they hit the top of their arc and they start descending and it's like the first one is going in a slit in the sky because it starts to disappear and not like fade out, but like it's going behind something gradually. But it wasn't a cloud. And so it, it passes completely either through the slit in the sky. No, it wasn't a cloud. It was just clear sky right there. 
And then that one, you know, goes either through the invisible slit or behind a piece of sky that looks exactly like that and disappears. And then the next one and the next one. And we just look at each other and blink. And I put my bike on the porch and we go inside and it's then we just like didn't even talk about it. And then we like forgot for a few hours until my boyfriend got home. And my boyfriend at the time got home and we're like, you know, hanging out. And then all of a sudden, both of us remembered at the same time, looked at each other and went, holy <laughs> shit, we saw three UFOs. Why did we forget? And then we we meant to tell mom. Yep. And we both kept forgetting for three days until I finally remembered and told mom all excitedly and then told Brittany. And then we quit forgetting about it over and yeah, over. Yeah, because I, I asked Brittany separately. And that's that was... That was intense. Yeah, I asked Brittany separately. I remember that was your um, your brother was how old at that point? Three, two, three. Okay, three because I yeah, was so about three, 21. and that was here in Athens. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. That yep. that was exciting. And that was over the cemetery. Yep. Yep. UFOs like cemeteries. They were over the cemetery. Um, what? Yes, they do. And it was cemetery yeah. and crossroads. Yep. Like, Kendra, what about you? When have you seen something that was with somebody and, and you both saw the same thing and you're both kind of like, whoa. There, you know what? Honestly, there are so many times that it's hard to come up with one. <laughs> and what I'm really struggling to fig to remember is if it, there has been a time most of my experiences like that have been with you. Yeah. So there was this time off in the hinterlands, back in the hills, beyond where I had seen Mothman, back towards the um, ghost town that is Moonville, parked on the road with somebody. And we're sitting there and the the road is kind of cut into the side of a hill. So you have a bit of a hill and then road and then the hill drops down and we're sitting there and this translucent glob comes like it, it's bobbing. Like if you were walking and your center mass was moving in a sway, that's kind of how it moved. So it was coming down the hill and I was staring at it and I asked my friend, I'm like, do you see that? And he's like, Yes, I do. And it got to, <laughs> it got to the side of the car and it kept bobbing side to side and it just sat there. It was like if I reached out the window I could touch it. And then it moved to the front of the car, directly across the front of the car, turned back directly to the other side of the car and then continued down the hill. Like it was we were in its way, it needed to be around us and it kept going. And I was like and I kept, I'd look at it and I would look at a way to make sure that it wasn't just some weird retinal uh, residue. And it wasn't. Every time I'd look back, there it was. And he was like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we left and never went back. <laughs> but that's, the weirdest thing is I didn't feel anything other than what the hell. But yeah, that, that was one of the kind of, I don't know, neatest Weirdest and he, ones that happened. He wasn't one normally to see things either. Never. 
He had never seen anything actually. Yeah. And in fact, it weirded him out. And that's why he was like, we're done. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, weird phenomena likes lovers lanes and parked cars. Mm -hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. it's in the literature everywhere all the time. Yeah. 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 I think, I think one of my favorite things for somebody who, you know, doesn't normally see things who saw something with me. Um, now Jess does, I know she's, she feels things. I know she senses things, but she didn't normally seem to see things blatantly. And, mm -hmm. uh, she was out with me. This is when we lived in what we called the falling down the hill house. It had a very, very, uh, unique feeling to that. That land was very, different it it it's here in athens county the house is gone um but the piece of property it's, is still there and it's it still feels it still weird. feels weird um anyway um we were out wandering around in the fields it was a moonlit night it wasn't quite full moon but it was a big moon it was it was it was waxing it was it was heading towards full it was past half and uh the guys who were with us went on. They, I don't know. They were stalking deer or some nonsense. I don't know. But she was like, I don't want to stalk deer. That's dumb. So we sat on this hill that overlooked the house. And it also overlooked the three apple trees that were right next to the house. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting there. And it's a beautiful night. And the hay field had just been cut. So we're sitting on the, the hay that's laying there. And it smells good and it's making me sneeze because I'm allergic to it. And uh, she lights a cigarette and we're sitting there. We've been looking at the moon, looking at the stars, talking. And then, you know, I kind of, my gaze drifted down toward the house and, and we're stopped by the three um, apple trees because around the biggest of the apple trees were three figures and they seem to be made out of misty white light. And they were dancing around the apple trees. And they looked to be about human-sized. And they were see-through-ish. And the way they moved was strange. They didn't move smoothly. They sort of floated, but they also sort of gambled about and skipped and turned and spun. And they had long hair and their hair would sort of fly out around them and their long dresses would sort of sweep out. But you couldn't see feet and you couldn't really see hands. You know, they sort of morphed as they danced. You could see that they had faces, but you couldn't see clearly because they just the movement was such that. You, you, so I'm like, oh, hell. Because all kinds of things happened at that place. And I had never seen anything like that particular thing happen there. But I was like, oh, man. I'm seeing shit again. And I was like, I wonder if Jess sees it. So I kind of pivot my shoulders and I look over out of the corner of my eye while still watching these things dance around the apple tree. This was in August. And uh, 
she's smoking her cigarette and she's staring straight down the hill. She's not a subtle woman. She's staring no. down that hill, but she's not saying anything. And then she takes the final drag off of her cigarette and it's a huge drag. It's like, you know, she's sucking in every amount of air she can fit in her lungs along with the smoke. And she lights another cigarette on that cigarette, which I very only saw her do that when she was nervous and her hands were shaking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I bet she sees something. And so I don't say anything. And finally she takes a drag off of the new cigarette, puts out the old one and says, Barb, do you see anything down there? And I said, Mm, yeah. And she's like, well, what do you see? I said, oh, mm, what do you see? Why don't you tell me what you see? And I'm always like that. I always ask people what they saw first because I know what I see and I'm not going to be influenced by what other people see, but I'm not sure that I can't influence people to see something different if, if mm -hmm. I say it. So I just always make them tell me and uh, she said, I see three ladies, three women in long dresses dancing around those goddamn apple trees. And that's how she said it. Just boom, boom, boom. Fact, fact, fact. And I let out a sigh and I said, oh, good, because that's what I see too. And then she looks at me and takes a big drag off the cigarette again and blows it out her nose and looks at me and says, have you been seeing that all that time? And I said, yeah. She's like, why didn't you say something? I said, because I didn't know that you were seeing the same thing I was seeing. And she's like, you see stuff like here, like that all the time here? And I went, yeah, girl, you need to move. <laughs> so she said, you need to move. How do you sleep here? I was like, oh, I don't sleep a lot. And she's like, nah, you gotta move. That <laughs> This is nonsense. You can't be sleeping with that. We sat there. We watched him for another like 10 minutes until we heard the guys coming up the hill behind us. And then we turned and saw them coming. And when we turned back, they were gone. I guess they didn't like boys. I don't know. The, the apple tree ladies. Didn't like those boys. Apple tree ladies had nothing to do with that. Yeah. But yeah, she, she was, you need to move. <laughs> <laughs> That's very yes. Jess. Yes. All right. So I think that I'll go around and see if anybody has anything else to say what it's like about living in a haunted. Is it a haunted world or an enchanted world, y'all? Kendra, what do you think? I think enchanted. Yeah. Because haunting implies menace. Yeah. And sometimes there's menace, but it's not always there. I agree with you. I agree with you. What about you, Morgana? I'm pragmatic. It depends on the day. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> like, it, it does. Like, some days everything's cool and you see pretty little fairy lights and then other days you <laughs> have really bad yeah. sleep paralysis and there's a black hat fucking knife finger guy made of shadows at the foot of your bed so it's just eh. yeah yeah 
Although I don't think if, if anything is like trying to get me like in a terminal sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah. It's just not always I, You know, looking at my journals from the Falling Down the Hill house, I think it was, it was equal parts haunted and, and enchanted. And I think that's true of Athens in general. I think it's both haunted and enchanted. And uh, I think if you stay calm, you know, keep calm and carry on, as they say, it helps with keeping you more towards the enchanted and less towards the uh, haunted. And uh, I think that's, that's the best way to look at it. So I think, go ahead, Kendra. I saw you. <laughs> I think I, because of the, with my goo theory, I think that your goo can affect your surroundings. Yeah. So if you perceive things as always haunted, they're going to come across as haunted. And if you work to, sometimes it's harder than others, to perceive them as enchanted and as a curiosity, you can kind of help steer that, the some of them are just angry and mean. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I also think that honestly, if if this has been happening to you since you've been a kid, at a certain point you just kind of go, Oh, it's another one. And when creepy happens, you just I just kind of pull my blankets over my head, roll over and like keep reading now. And I'm just like, oh, that's a thing. And you just don't panic. It's it's less scary and more curious. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you get to be a certain yeah. age and it hasn't killed you yet, you get the idea that it's yeah. probably not gonna. So yeah. you kind of learn to moderate your reaction to it and you're not as you're not as apt to freak out. And honestly, you know. Like, yeah. like Mr. Orange Face Man, it was Donald Trump, wasn't it? That's who it was. That's why his face was why orange. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah. Why? <laughs> nah, it wasn't him. It didn't have the comb over. I'm going to drink myself to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, once, once Morgana realized, hey, you're scaring me. And you're making me mad. And she just decided, fine, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give you multiplication tables. He decided to leave. He got bored. He wasn't he wasn't exactly I think he was there to feed off of her fear. And then once yeah. she stopped giving him the entree he wanted, he got he got bored. He didn't get tasties, so he left. I do think it's important not to totally freak out. Like keeping calm is useful and also like this is something in magical theory. Um, it's called a threshold and it's called, you know, you, it's your space. Like, you know, boundaries for toxic people can also work on critters, creepy yeah, stuff on critters. Like, so at this, yeah, at this point, I'm just kind of like, no, yeah. this is my house. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Do not make yeah. me get through yeah. in the salt. That's the way to be. That is absolutely the way to be. And, you know, we'll do a, a future show about, you know, how to get rid of the critters, you know, and uh, what to do about the Ujis and, and, and get them out. 
get them out. We could talk all night, but we're not gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna be good, and uh, not talk everybody's ears off. Um, so I think. <laughs> do we have anything else to say? All right. Well, that's what we have for episode two of Six DJK. Come back next time, and we'll have more stuff that's fun that's planned. If you have seen or experienced something strange and unusual and want to contact us about something you want us to cover, please drop us an email at 6djk1967 at gmail.com. One of us will even answer you. Until then, keep your eyes on the skies. And salt across your doorstep. And don't talk to the black-eyed kids. Yeah, screw those guys. Little creeps. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.